Hello, Monetization Nation. As of September 2020, Facebook has 2.74 billion active users. That's about a third of the world's population, and Facebook advertising has exploded. Deepesh Mandalia is one of the world's most prominent Facebook marketers, and the best Facebook marketer I know. He grew one venture from $800,000 to $26 million in revenue in just 18 months. He's invested well over $30 million in profitable global ad spend over the last five years. He's responsible for driving more than $100 million in revenue for himself and his clients. He runs a Facebook ad agency that helps six-figure and seven-figure companies scale past $10 million and provides training courses that help entrepreneurs and marketers of all levels scale up faster in their Facebook advertising. In this episode, Deepesh Mandali is going to share stories and secrets about Facebook advertising right after this intro. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. So the way I was originally introduced to you, I was at, I was in Boise at a ClickFunnels ah, cool. training event. Mm. And I asked around to some of the leading uh, ClickFunnels experts and asked mm. them uh, if I want to be great at Facebook ads, what's the best training course that I can take? And 100% of the people told me your course. Oh, wow. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Deepesh Mandalia um, is one of the world's most prominent Facebook marketing experts. He is the best Facebook marketer I know. I was wondering if we could start off, if you just tell us a few of the, your favorite stories from your entrepreneurial journey. So I, I think actually, you know, when I look back at being an entrepreneur, I often say that it didn't start for me until I lost my job in 2009 and I was forced to go into entrepreneurship. But then I remember my first kind of step into entrepreneurship, if you want to call it that, was when I was about 10 or 11 years old and I needed to make money because I wanted to buy some sneakers that my friends had. And so me and my friend, we got together and went door to door and offered car washing services. So it's like two, three dollars to wash a car. But that, and, and I can't remember if I had the idea or he did, but through doing that, we would earn money. And, and you know, the definition of an entrepreneur is uh, being able to create an income through cr the creation of a service or a product. And we create a service. And now bear in mind, um, it was from a need. So I, my family didn't have the money to fund the sneakers that I wanted. I went out there and got the money for myself. And, and I bought a secondhand pair of uh, Reebok pumps. So, you know, back in the uh, crazy 90s. That was like the, the, the shoe to have with the gel insole and things like that. So that for me was the first step of experiencing uh, making money offline, not, not quite just stepping in to make money online because that thing didn't exist. And, and then, you know, throughout the my journey of kind of um, growing up, it was always go to school, go to university, get a degree, get a job and your life is set. And, and that was working kind of okay for some time until 2009 when I did actually lose my job and it was at a time where the, the global recession had kicked in and a lot of people weren't actually hiring so when I lost my job I was confident I thought you know I'll just go out there push my um, CV to different places and then it'll be fine 
weeks turned into months and I could not get a job. And that really crushed me because I'd just taken out a big mortgage. Uh, a second child was just born. And the, the, the rest, responsibility you feel as a father, as the uh, man of the house, the breadwinner, all of a sudden you can't bring that money in. That, that hit me. And then I actually went into depression. Fortunately for me, I found affiliate marketing. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know what would have pulled me out of that. But that really took me in the court, into the kind of position of where I am now, which is realizing that I can actually just make money by creating products and services. Yeah, and you've been very successful at doing that. And it's, it's amazing how many entrepreneurs have a story similar to yours where they thought they were go going to go down this path of, of getting a job and having the stable career working for somebody else. And because they lost a job or had some huge crisis or tectonic shift in their personal life, they were forced to become an entrepreneur. And and uh, kind of the necessity uh, of their situation propelled them into the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey. And, and looking back, it was the, the genesis of, of their success. Let's see, you, you talk about a case study, a $26 million case study that, that you shared that kind of got you jump-started and, and built your credibility. You wanna talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So with my, it's actually a good um, segue from the affiliate marketing story. So in 2009, 2010, I got really deep into affiliate marketing. I had experience from working for a brand, but not from actually being an, an affiliate. By 2011, 2012, we'd made decent money. And I say we, it was myself and my wife, uh, we made decent money through affiliate marketing, whilst also working a nine to five job. So we were your kind of typical bedroom affiliates that will work. I'd work late into the evening on my affiliate work and then go back to my day job, earn an income, come back and do affiliate. By 11, 2011, 2012, we were in the position where we had enough income and um, stable income that we were ready to ditch the nine to five and go 100% into the affiliate business. At the same time, because my affiliate marketing traffic relied on organic um, traffic from Google, I didn't realize at the time how fragile that was. And actually in 2012, Google made some big changes to their search algorithms and it literally zeroed my traffic. So, you know, at peak, our affiliate sites were generating millions of visitors uh, um, a year. And, and for that to be zeroed almost overnight into a trickle, that really like threw us. Now, at that time I panicked. I was like, okay, I've got no traffic here. I didn't do any lead gen, so I had no emails. I had maybe three, 4,000 emails, but considering the amount of um, transactions we were driving, the revenue we were driving for our clients, talking about seven figures here, we didn't do any data collection. So at that point, I'm thinking, right, I'm going to fire up paid search because if I'm doing it organically, I can do it through paid search, not realizing, not realizing how expensive it's going to be. And that's what kind of pushed me towards Facebook. And I thought, right, I'm seeing people having success on Facebook. I don't understand why anyone buy from Facebook. Clearly, some people are. And 2012 to 2013, I tested, 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 failed, failed, and failed. Until 2014, um, a company reached out. They contacted me on LinkedIn and said, hey, we're looking for a digital marketer. We're a startup. We sell children's books. And at that time, I was in between um, different projects, I guess. And so I, I joined them for six weeks. And in that six weeks what I saw was a product that was selling through affiliates. So they were working with um, other kind of businesses to sell their products. 
but they were unable to sell it direct. And I was trying to figure out the affiliates have the traffic. Why can't these guys get the traffic? So I thought, well, SEO is going to take a bit too long. Did some paid search. It was okay. Let's try and dabble with this Facebook thing again. And they were already running some Facebook. So they'd spend, I think, maybe $50 a day and you know just do some testing. But they had some data at least. And I could see that there was, that there was an inkling of something working there. But what I figured out was that rather than spend money on the traffic, their website actually wasn't as free flowing in terms of conversion as it should have been. So I actually spent a week or two working on their website. So simplifying it, working on messages, working on the flow from, and it was an e-commerce store. So landing page, checkout, everything like that. And then I started to play around more with Facebook. And within two weeks, I started to see something was working. So we were able to start to spend a bit more money and make a bit more money back. So I think the first month we made it work, we must have spent like 5K and made 10K back. And, and that was a, a massive eye-opening moment for us because we realized this channel could be profitable. The next month, I think we spent 10K and made 50K back. So not only have we spent more, the, the return had also increased as well. And that, that kind of hit, hit us like, wow, this is insane. And then we just started to scale up from there. So rather than spending 10K a month, 20K a month, 30K a month, 100K a month. And it just went on and on. So this is now 2014. By the time 2015 came, we ended that year, I think, with 8 million revenue. So when I joined, they'd done 800K, finished 2014 with 8 million revenue. So that was amazing. And we thought, right, where do we go wow. from here? At that stage, our key markets were UK and US. So this is a children's book written in English, adapted for US English as well as uh, English English. And we then went international. So Germany, Australia, and all these different markets. And we kept on pushing and kept on pushing our spend right up until the end of 2015, where we took that to 26, uh, 20, 25, $26 million in that year. So if you think about the stepped increase in, the, in a year and a half, we went from an 800K business to 26 and a half million. And that kind of scale is, it's, it's unbelievable because bear in mind, not only are we increasing our, increasing our ad spend, our customer service team is increasing, our delivery logistics team, our engineering team, our product team, everything exploded at the same time. I started that business, I started with that business and there were 10 people there. By the time I think end of 2015 came, there were well over 100 people in that business and, and we were a truly global operation. That put me in the map for Facebook because obviously seeing those numbers come through, they got in touch with us and they're like, we can see that your, your ad account spend is increasing, what are you guys up to? Uh, I, got, I got speaking to the different reps at Facebook, got to kind of see the inner workings as they were trying to learn from us. Obviously, I was trying to learn from them as well. And I think in May 2015, um, myself and uh, another market, marketer on our team got invited out to Facebook's headquarters in Menlo Park to go and speak to the product team, the engineering team on, on how we made this thing happen. And, and it was just such an amazing experience. Within that, and, and kind of through that, I realized, obviously, Facebook is a massive platform. So go back to pre-2014. I was a bit aimless. I didn't really know what uh, to do with the affiliate business. I didn't really know much about Facebook advertising. 18, year, uh, 18 months on, I kind of aced it. But then I left that company in 2016. And I wanted to see, was it a one-off or could I do it again? And we did it again. And we did it again. And, and that kind of then put me deep into the world of Facebook um, I've done talks for Facebook internally uh, on stage for Facebook as well and become an advocate and also um, an advisor for some of the product teams as well. So that's given me great insight into the world of Facebook. At the same time, I figured, and it was a conversation with Facebook, they said, 
how can you help more people? So rather than working on one business at a time, what if you started an agency? So in 2017, I started an agency. And then by 2018, uh, as you kind of alluded to, I started a training program because I couldn't find training for my team that was good enough. So if you imagine my kind of growth with Facebook advertising, we, we found formulas, we found strategies that worked. And it comes to a point where I was hiring media buyers and I didn't have time to train them all one by one. I wanted to buy an off the shelf solution. I couldn't find it, so I created it. And then from that, I launched the training course and then that grew its own kind of um, brand, if you like, and, and changed my trajectory again from being an agency owner to now being this kind of influencer in the world of Facebook advertising. I'm personally an introvert. It's not my comfort zone to go out there and be a celebrity and go speak at these events or, you know, I say Z list, Z list celebrity. But now I'm in this position where I've actually got this power and I can use this power for good. And, and that's absolutely something that really kind of fuels my fire to want to do this more. Because when I see the success stories, the impact and the change that's happened through my experiences, the, the training that we've created, that just drives me on to do more and more. Wow. Congratulations on the success that you've had. You know you've arrived as, a, as an expert when you not only have the leading course to train entrepreneurs like me to do Facebook ads, but you actually train Facebook on Facebook ads. So well done. Uh, it's the, I didn't realize you were an introvert. That, that's an interesting point. And it's amazing how many of the successful uh, influencers actually are introverts. People like- that's right. Russell Brunson are, are introverts as well. And absolutely, they've figured out a way to use this digital media um, to make a huge difference despite not being extremely comfortable putting themselves out there. Okay, I wanna go back to another comment that you made and, and we can discuss it a teeny bit. So uh, in a lot of these uh, click funnels worlds, sorry, let me step back. Um, in a lot of these conferences that I go to, uh, Facebook ads are performing so well that Facebook ads is almost synonymous with digital marketing, right? There's almost nothing, maybe, you know, influencer marketing, but other than influencer marketing, there's really nothing that is doing better today than effective Facebook advertising. And what you described is, it's almost like a money machine that you set up where you can put $50,000 into it and get $500,000 out of it, where, where you can get your ROAS or your return on your ad spend to be, 5x or 10x what your CPA or your cost per acquisition is, you know, that's a money machine. So you've developed this system, this money machine system that you call the, the BPM method. Maybe you could give people a little bit of a, of a highlight or a, a taste test of, of what the BPM method is and, and why it's so successful. Sure. I mean, if I go back to when I failed at Facebook ads uh, back in 2012 and 2013, I saw the newsfeed as my opportunity to sell. So I was trying to get that click at any cost without understanding that the medium that people are using, Facebook versus Google, are very different. So think about buyer intent. When someone does a Google search and they search for you know, LED TV, LCD TV, whatever it is, there's an element of intent there. So they're actually looking for a TV and a particular style of TV. Now, let's say they add the word Sony. So Sony LCD TV. There's another layer of intent. They actually know the brand. Then they might go a level down. So Sony 45 inch LCD TV. And, and you get that information from Google. From Facebook, you don't. You don't actually know what someone's intent is. Facebook are trying to tell you, you know, you can target people who are purchasers, people that bought before. 
but it doesn't tell you what their intent is at that moment in time. So when someone opens up the Facebook newsfeed, they don't look and start browsing and say, right, what kind of ads have I got today? What can I buy? That's what Amazon's for. That's what Google's for. They don't use Facebook for, for buying, essentially. It took me a few years to realize that. And what that means is, you know, when I, when I first looked at Facebook, I looked at it as a, a platform like Google. It's not. Facebook is actually closer to TV advertising. TV advertising is um, advertising that is kind of when you're in, you're in a relaxed state, you're watching your TV program, you're watching the film, you're watching the, the documentary, and then an ad break comes and then you're forced to watch an ad. You don't really want to sit there and watch an ad. No one switches the TV on and says, let's go to the advertising channel and watch some ads. That's just not human behavior, but you are forced to sit there. Some people will turn away and switch channels, but most people do uh, end up seeing through ads. And the same happens on Facebook. And when I realized that, I changed my approach to Facebook advertising, which was, I don't want the click at any cost. I want to build a relationship with the person on the other side of this newsfeed and get the right click at the right time. So I'll give you an example. With, with Facebook, you can, you can target different placements, right? You can target Facebook newsfeed, Facebook mobile, Instagram, stories, messenger. There's so many ways you can reach your target customer. The, the, the challenge is, how do you target them at the right time that A, they're going to react positively to your ad and B, they're going to buy? Now, for example, um, I, I have this debate sometimes with people and they're like, yeah, but you know, most of my purchases come in in the evening. So why don't I just run ads in the evening? The reason you don't is because they may buy in the evening, but what if they saw your ad in their lunch break? Like they're browsing through, they've seen your ad, maybe they've clicked but not purchased, but they come back later on in the evening when they're at home and relaxed, they see your retargeting ad and guess what? Now they buy. If you just look at that data point and say, well, everyone buys in the evening, so I'm just going to advertise in the evening, I guarantee it won't work. So with that kind of knowledge I started to build up, I then started to look at, right, how do I actually build that relationship in Facebook and, and build the, the, the right intent so that when they come to my landing page, they're already primed either to buy or at least take a keen interest. So when you look at your ad, for example, the goal of the ad is not to sell. Facebook is not there as your sales machine it's a lead generator. So whether that lead is a click or you ge generate an email lead um, from Facebook, that's all it is, it's a lead. It's your job in your sales system to convert that. So whether it's through your landing page or your sales team, if it's offline or your email flow, that's the sales job. So when you separate those out and you say, right, one is a goal of marketing and advertising, the other goal is, is conversion and sales, then it makes a bit more sense as to why some people struggle with Facebook when, when you look at some of these ads in the newsfeed and they're so desperate for the sell. $29.99, 50% off, buy now, scarcity, fear of missing out, all those kind of elements come into your ad. Guess what? You forgot to tell them why do they actually need your product or service? Because you're so desperate to sell to them. You've gone straight to the, you're forcing them straight to the checkout and said, give us your card. Well, hang on a second. I don't know who you are. I don't know you. I don't like you. I don't trust you. Why am I even going to click your ad? So when you take a step back and think of it from the user's point of view, that A, um, people are used to Facebook advertising and B, so many people have been burnt from bad products and services, you have to work that much harder. So when you get that kind of um, thought process, you approach your advertising slightly different. So that's why I've split out the brand marketing part of Facebook advertising and the performance marketing part. So BPM stands for brand driven performance marketing. Now that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so this book that I'm creating, I talk about tectonic shifts that I've seen in my career, these massive transformational um, movements in business, like the, 
the shift from from a bricks and mortar businesses to the internet or the shift from yellow pages to search engines. And uh, I wanna talk a little bit about, about Facebook advertising as a tectonic shift, because I believe it is something that is transforming the way businesses operate. And, and specifically the video portion of Facebook advertising, specifically the retargeting elements of Facebook advertising, how do you see Facebook advertising as a tectonic shift in, in the business world today? Oh, it's massive. If you think about it this way, right? I was working with a brand um, in 2016, UK brand, and they wanted to go international, but they didn't know which countries to go into. Now, if you go back 10 years prior to that, you only had paid search, maybe affiliate marketing, or you'd have to go and physically sell in that market. Now we could literally turn ads on the same day, run some ads in multiple countries and see what the reaction's like. So by the time we've had that morning in the, uh, that morning meeting and the end of the day, I could already tell where we should go next, at least have an idea of where we should go next. I can just run some budget in these different countries, quickly set, set up some ads and quickly plan that for a few, next part. So I might test 20 different countries whittle it down to five or six, and then start testing more there as well. And, and we're able to switch on ads so much faster. You're able to uh, reach people at a point where they're, they, they're likely to be more suggestible as well. So whereas on Google, you have to rely essentially more on search intent. These are people who are further down the funnel. They've now decided they want the TV, they know the brand, et cetera. And then the competition increases, the cost increases. With Facebook and in particular with, uh, with, with video, the, the CPMs, the costs for reaching a thousand people, you can easily get a dollar, two dollars, three dollars to get a thousand eyeballs on your ad, which is super cheap even now. And, and then you can now start building those conversations with them and bring them into your funnel, into your world in a way I don't think you can do as cheaply in, in, and, and at scale with any other platform. That's right. Thank you very much. What is the biggest mistake that you've made or you've seen someone else make with their Facebook advertising and, and how can, what have you learned from that? Um, I, I guess look, my own example from 2012, 2013, I still see people making now, which is um, not understanding that with, with Facebook, you can't predict the intent. You have to work on that intent. So is the person in market or are they not? And, and figuring out that the most important part of your Facebook advertising campaign is not what you do on the platform, it's your product. Is it, is it a product that has a clear opportunity or a problem that you're solving? It's the audience and how deeply do you understand the audience? It's the offer. It's the, the offer is the bridge between your audience and the product. So what's the messaging? What's the core reason why someone wants to buy? And then the funnel. You get those four things right. That's 80% of the journey. And then you plug it into Facebook. It becomes so much more easier. Love it. Thank you. Congratulations. You've sure had a lot of success. Uh, of the different monetization streams that you have, the, the information products, the events that you hold, the coaching, um, all the different ways you make money, which are your favorite and why? Interesting. So agency life is tough. I'll tell you that. So if anyone's sitting here thinking, hey, I'd love to run an agency, I think be really clear on what that means for you. Um, it's, it's labor intensive. It's mentally exhausting. Can be rewarding, but it's also hard work as well. And I'd say that's the hardest revenue to earn because you, you pay for a lot in, in your time and energy. The easiest is really the, the low, low ticket items. So for example, I've got a $300 uh, training course 
And we hit six figures in, I think, six or seven days on launching that. That was, I don't like to say like this, but that was easy money. Like we, we I recall, I, I, it was actually a PDF. I wrote the whole training down, uh, built up the marketing over a period of four weeks, got people really excited in, into the thing, did the launch, and then did pretty well with that. So that's certainly the easiest, but the most fulfilling is, first of all, the in-person masterminds. So obviously right now they're a bit harder to run, but when I have run those, when you can actually sit with someone, you can see their ad account, you can speak to them, get to know them and the things like that. That's the most rewarding in terms of, I guess, the revenue streams they've got. Um, but certainly the digital products would be uh, A, the easiest and, and most profitable as well. Because you've detached your hours from exactly. the revenue you, you earn. You don't have, you're not trading hours for dollars at that point. Absolutely. Okay. Um, just have a few minutes left here. Uh, do you have another client success story that you would want to share? I know you've shared several already. Yeah, I mean, this year, um, I, I think one of the most proudest achievements at the agency is helping one of our clients through COVID. Now, um, they're, they're a client that's been kind of on the edge in terms of profitability and sustainability for their business. And we've been working on kind of ways to really amp up that profitability whilst growing at the same time. Had a really good end of year last year. But this year with COVID hitting, it really hit their logistics, their team. They had an office um, that they're based in, is it Washington or, or somewhere around there? And heading into COVID, there was a big concern because with profitability levels where they were, with a potential impact on online sales, what's going to happen? Now, at the start of the year, one thing that I transitioned that uh, business into, and bear in mind, although I, you know people see me as a Facebook ads person, I've been in marketing now for 15 years and I've been across pretty much all aspects of marketing online and offline. One of the things I said that they absolutely need is their founder is so passionate about the, the, the product that's selling. So it's, uh, it's apparel for, for um, postnatal women. She should be the face of the brand. Like when I talk to her and everything that else comes out. Now, if you look at a brand like Boom by Cindy from Ezra's Firestone, it's a great model for people to look at how a face can make an impact on a brand because people buy from people. That's such a big thing that gets overlooked. Like, you know, ClickFunnels, yes, it's a great success, but it is also in part because of Russell and his face across everything as well. And, and I think that's something that I wanted to get these guys um, kind of focused in on. So um, we got them to start doing Facebook Lives, to start um, getting more involved in their Facebook community, which has started to grow, uh, running their own podcasts, YouTube channel, et cetera, et cetera. Now, bear in mind, we're just here as a Facebook ads agency, but we're looking at expanding their organic reach and their brand impact and redefining what their brand actually is, what it means, the, the, the charitable work they're doing that they need to speak more about and the things like that. And actually through COVID, they've had some of their most success, successful months to the point they had their first million dollar month in August. And if you think that came about in probably one of the most um, challenging years of their, um, I don't know, six, seven year history, that was a massive achievement for, for us to be involved with, for the, for the client to be able to action the things that we've recommended and put all those wheels in motion. That was a massive, massive win for us all. And that brings us full circle back to the beginning. We talked about the tectonic shift crisis of you losing your job personally propelled you into this great opportunity of Facebook ads and, and entrepreneurship. Um, this client story that you just told is a great example. This tectonic shift of COVID that has changed the whole business landscape this year propelled your client into 
looking at things differently. And they may not have ever done that. They may not have become the expert and, and, and turned themselves, morphed themselves into an influencer and had that success um, if, if COVID had not forced them to kind of look at things differently. So another great example of when we have these tectonic shifts that happen, they can be disasters or they can be wonderful opportunities for growth. We just have to find that opportunity and maybe find great mentors and advisors like you who can, who can help us make those transformations in our businesses. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing your time and sharing your wisdom. Uh, your, your time and, and your wisdom are both very valuable and, and we're very grateful. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Deepesh, for sharing your stories and secrets with us today. To learn more about or connect with Deepesh, please visit DeepeshMandalia.com. And if you can't spell that, there's a link in the blog. Here are some of the key takeaways from today's episode that stood out to me. Number one, Facebook is the world's third most visited website, surpassed only by Google and YouTube. If we can utilize it for our marketing, we can reach huge numbers of potential customers. Number two, marketing on Facebook is often faster and less expensive than other platforms. At least it is today. Let's take advantage of it while we can. Number three, treat Facebook ads kind of like TV ads, build our relationships with our customers, and follow up on the leads Facebook provides. Number four, focus on our product, audience, offer, and funnel to optimize sales and satisfaction from Facebook ads. Number five, find the opportunities to achieve growth during hard times. Number six, the most fulfilling monetization streams are often the ones that help people the most. Did you like today's episode? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. First, get a free monetization assessment of your business at monetizationnation.com assessment. Second, please subscribe to the Monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com forward slash e-magazine. Third, please subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. Fourth, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And fifth, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram. If we desire monetization we have never before achieved, we must leverage strategies we have never before implemented. I challenge each of us to pick one thing that has resonated with us from today's episode and schedule a time this week to implement it to help achieve our monetization goals. What has helped you be successful with Facebook advertising? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for watching or listening. I hope you have a fabulous day. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.